This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. In good times and not so good times, it's important to think about what keeps us well. It's about noticing the beauty around us, finding strength and support we've all given and received, and sharing our experiences through conversation. We all have mental health. Let's improve it together. Welcome to Living Well. Take time to kōrero. In this podcast series, people share their ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your well-being and build connections with others. Thanks to the Otago Mental Health Support Trust, Weave Together, ORFM Dunedin and the Lion Foundation for making this podcast possible. Good everyone, my name is Tess Trotter. I'm a Dunedinite through and through. Um, I live in North East Valley with my family. I'm in my late 30s now. I'm a Pākehā woman and I'm also lucky enough to be a mum. My experience with mental health has been really personal as well as very community, I suppose. I, I see the results everywhere. For myself, anxiety has always been my biggest battle and it's something that I've been challenged with since I was in my teens. And so I've had lots of experiences um, finding small ways to help um, soothe that for myself, but also just, I suppose, becoming familiar with what that feels like in different stages of your life. So one of the things that I was really keen to talk to you about was the idea of taking some time to kōrero, that um, time that we take to have a chat to others. And for me, that can be really hard when I'm in a really highly anxious space. And I just wanted to talk about one little thing that I have actually found over the years to be helpful to me. And strangely enough, that's speaking to a stranger. I think what it is, is when I'm feeling really anxious, I can feel quite distanced from the world. And somehow saying hello to a stranger sort of helps to break the ice. And it can be a really um, uplifting experience sometimes, using your own energy to smile at someone in the supermarket aisle and compliment them on something or discuss the weather or whatever's going on. Just that moment of commonality and talking to someone can really help me feel a bit more connected and ready to take on the next conversation that I might have lined up. So obviously we're often told um, if we're not feeling great, talk to someone about it. And it's so much easier said than done, I think. It's about finding the right time and the right space and the right person. And one of the things that I like to do is really signal that to somebody. So I will approach one of my friends, send them a message or when we're catching up and say, hey, I've got some stuff on my mind I'd really like to talk about. Do you have time for me? And I think that that's just a really nice way of first and foremost acknowledging that it's an important conversation for yourself. It's also a way of knowing that when you're going to have that conversation, someone's accepted you, you know, and it gives your ch- your friends or family a chance to say, actually, no, I've got too much on right now. And that means that when you really need to talk, you can find the person that's available to listen to you. Um, so for me, that's really important. And I think it also means that others feel like they can come to me. And I think with mental health, so much of it is a shared experience. So by signaling to my friends, hey, have you got some time to give me to hear me out? It means that they know that I'm the kind of person that will make time for them as well. Something else I'd really love to talk about is the amazing value and magic of the car chat. 
Now, as a mum, this is something that I learned probably in this context first and foremost. There's something about getting into the car. It creates a bubble. It feels private. It feels sacred. And and it means that you don't necessarily have to be face-to-face with the person you're chatting with. I found as a mum right the way through, I've got a nine-year-old now, that sometimes when we're in the car is the time when her thoughts or questions will come out. There's something amazing about being in the car where moments of silence are way more acceptable. You know, if you're on a trip, you might go half an hour without saying much to one another and then the conversation can pick up again. So it's great with children, but I think it's also great with friends or family or those people that we want to connect and have a deep conversation with. There's nothing quite like a day-long car trip where you can have a conversation that flows from highs and lows. You might end up having some hilarious coincidences to discuss. Sometimes that person in the passenger seat can be free to just let loose and have a big cry without the driver being face-to-face and eye-to-eye with them. I just think there's really something magical about jumping in the car and exploring, having that bubble, that safe spot where your conversation can zoom around in that small space and bounce from idea to idea. I just love a car chat. Here's another Mindful Minute. Simplifying your life. Taking on too many responsibilities can create unnecessary stresses that continually clutter our mind space and rob us of the peace we need to function productively. Living in a world that is driven by achievement and material gratification, there's a temptation to be constantly on the go. We need to identify the clutter in our lives that takes up unnecessary time and keep our lives simple. One of the things that I really like to do on my own for myself to help with my mental health is caring for indoor plants. Now, I know it's been quite the trend, but I promise I've been doing it for longer than it's been cool on Instagram. And the reason why is that I absolutely love taking that moment um, in the day, usually once or sometimes twice a day, to have a wee wander around and look at my plants, feel the soil, see if they're wet or dry, give them some water inspect the new leaves that are uncurling. Sometimes you have to do a bit of an emergency bug spray or something like that. But for me, it's just like this really nice, quiet, contemplative moment where I'm thinking more about something else than I am about the thoughts in my head. Um, And I think it's also sort of enduring. You know, I have plants that I've had for over 10 years now and even just taking the time to talk to someone and tell them about the journey of that plant. But just feeling like I have these things in my life that I support but that support me too because I have these little times every day where I can contemplate and, um, I don't know, celebrate their life and their growth. It just really helps me feel good as well. So for me, anxiety and procrastination go hand in hand. Um, my anxiety is an interesting thing. Sometimes it totally cripples me and I just feel like I can't do anything. And sometimes it's the thing that motivates me to push me to get the things done. Um, But one of the strategies that I've been trying to exercise, especially over the last year or so as I manage things, is this really simple concept of just having one small goal every day. And to be honest, it doesn't really matter what it is. It doesn't matter which to-do list it's coming from, whether it's from my home life or my family or my relationship or my work, my voluntary jobs. If I can just decide, even the day before, tomorrow I'm going to do this one thing. One of the things that really helps me is I tell someone. I have a friend, um, we sort of motivate one another and so it's often her. I'll send her a Snapchat or a message to say tomorrow I am going to 
move the firewood. Tomorrow I am going to reply to my emails. And by setting that one goal, even if the to-do list is miles long, if I know I've done that one thing, I give myself a chance to celebrate, whether it's sitting down and having a coffee or doing something nice. It's the thing that really helps me set things off. And I often find if I've ticked off that one thing, suddenly the next thing becomes easier and easier and easier. But you know what? Even if it doesn't, even if I only get that one thing done today, I achieved the goal that I set for myself. And that's something to be proud of. And it means tomorrow I can probably do one thing too. Um, so it's about breaking it down, but it's also about giving yourself permission to just do one thing and rewarding yourself for that one thing, really enjoying the sense of accomplishment that you ticked it off the list. And even better if you've got a friend to congratulate you as well. (laughs) So we were talking today about taking time to kōrero, and that got me thinking about what takes a good listener as well, and what benefits um, there are to us of being a listener to others. Uh, For me, a good listener is somebody who is able to hear someone else's journey, reflect it back to them, perhaps even paraphrasing it to them, without bringing in too much of their own experience to begin with. Sometimes it's really important just to give people the space to talk and talk and talk. Even if they go around in circles, sometimes it's just helping them complete things in their own minds. I do, however, think that being a good listener and taking time to listen to someone else can be really beneficial to us as well. Um, First and foremost, it's really showing you that somebody values you. You're a trustworthy person that someone sees value in to take the time to hear them out. And I think whenever somebody asks you for your time and um, asks you to listen to them, remind yourself that that is a real validation of you and the person that you are, that they trust you to come and have that chat. I think it can also really uncover shared experiences. Um, it can validate some of your own experiences and you can share, you know, the, the struggles, the challenges and the achievements that you have had. I just think it's important to he- give that person some time to hear them out too. But through those conversations, we so often find commonality, which can lead to support. I think finally, what I'd really like to say about that is I think it's really important to be honest and upfront about the space and time that you have. Um, when we're not feeling great ourselves, the last thing we need is to take on a whole lot of other um, things. And sometimes that's from the practical. You, you don't necessarily have the time and space to jump in and help someone clean their house or whatever it is. But it's also about your own mental space, holding some space for yourself. Um, so that you're not um, overwhelmed by other people's things. I suppose that's why it's really important to find those people that we have shared experiences and trust with so that it can be really reciprocal um, because I still think it's really in time to, important to take time to kōrero and also take time to really listen to others. Thanks for listening to me today. That's just a few of my thoughts on what helps me cope I suppose with um, the different mental health challenges that come my way and the things that I've noticed can be helpful for others. By no means will they all fit everybody but I hope that there might be one or two little gems in there that you feel like giving a go and help you on your journey. Thanks a lot for listening and all the best. You've been listening to Living Well Take Time to Kōrero. If you'd like to hear more ideas about practical, everyday things you can do to support your well-being and build connections with others, 
Check out more podcasts in this series from oar.org.nz. Thanks to the Otago Mental Health Support Trust, Weave Together, ORFM Dunedin and the Lion Foundation for making this podcast possible. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.